This is the Parenting for Faith podcast from the Bible Reading Fellowship. Visit parentingforfaith.org for free online videos and resources and an eight-session course all about Parenting for Faith. You can also sign up for news, subscribe to this podcast, and find out about events and training in your area. And welcome to the Parenting for Faith podcast. I'm your host, Anna Hawkin, and I lead the team here at Parenting for Faith. This is episode 11 of season three. We are fast approaching the summer holidays and the end of this season. We are super excited about the next season. Uh, We're going to be looking at giving you a heads up. So we're going to say, okay, what are the big topics that are coming down the track that you are not sure what you think or you're not sure how to get prepared for? So that could be seasonal stuff like Halloween, except we're going to talk about it in September, not in October. So you've got time to think about uh, what you think. Um, Or it could be big issues um, to do with, I don't know, social media or porn or where you think, okay, at some point we're going to hit this in our parenting journey and I want to think about it before we get there. So we're really excited about that season. As I say, recording is happening already. Uh, but we will take a little bit of a break over the summer holidays. We are going to New Wines United Festival. If you're going, uh, please come and say hi to us. We'll have a stand in the marketplace and also be running seminars every day. So we'd love to see you there. Uh, But before we even get to that, I want to tell you about something that's coming up this week. So it's a Facebook Live event on the 19th of July. So you don't have to go anywhere, just watch from your phone, uh, outside or sat in your house, whatever you want to do. Um, And this is going to be a joint event with CYM, uh, with their CEO, James Archer, and their chief executive of trustees. I think that's her official title. Sorry if that's not right, Sarah. Um, But we really want to be thinking about, okay, if school is done for your kid, maybe they're 16, 17, 18, preparing them for what's next. So we're going to be saying, okay, if our young people are heading off to uni or apprenticeships or the world of work, how can we prepare ourselves for this? So that might not be your life stage. If it's not, uh, pass it on, share it in your church, share it with a friend. But that's Tuesday the 19th at eight o'clock, Facebook live event, school's done, preparing for what's next. But what are we talking about today? Well, we are on a bit of a theme. We are thinking about sleep and nighttime and bedtimes. Uh, because that's something we get asked about loads. So we're going to have a little bit of a Rachel Turner sandwich. (laughs) So Rachel, um, the founder of Parenting for Faith, is going to share some ideas for uh, doing the bedtime routine, which obviously looks different in every household. Uh, But she suggests kind of three things to think about. And then Iona from our team is going to interview Robin Barfield from Everyday Dadding. Now, we've been trying to get these guys on for ages because we just love that they are really keen to support Christian dads and to help them. And we thought bedtimes would be a really good thing to ask Robin about. Uh, So we'll hear that interview in the middle. And then we'll finish off with a question about nightmares because our kids all have nightmares at some point. Um, And it's just really helpful to have some tools and ideas for how to use that. And as always, there will be a question to start an interesting conversation to ask your kid. So that's it for now. So I'm going to hand over to Rachel with some ideas about what to include in a bedtime routine. Bedtime routines. It's one of the banes of parents' existence. What is the ideal spiritual bedtime routine? The answer is, there isn't one. It's whatever you think is best, but there are three key aspects of bedtime routines that really help in developing a God-connected child. 
The first one is connection to you. I know it seems counterintuitive, but actually, a latest study came out that said children who feel connected to their parents have a higher rate of faith sustainability over the long term. Their connection to you is a vital part of your influence spiritually in their life, your ability to coach them in their spiritual life. And so building in that time to connect with you, to talk about your day, to, to laugh, to ask questions, to wonder together, to let those deep things bubble out of their heart is a significant part of bedtime. It's a time where they reflect on their day and them being able to reflect on their day with you is significant. Whether it's two minutes or five minutes or a half hour, whatever you can spare, whatever you can set aside consistently so that your child knows no matter what happens today, they're gonna get your face at night is really, really significant. The second thing is connection to God. Connecting to God is a part of life and bedtime is a wonderful, wonderful way and a wonderful, wonderful set of space for our kids to connect with God. But how that looks is completely up to you. You can read the Bible together. You can write, read the Bible to them. You can have them read the Bible to you. You can worship. I remember in bed, my mom and I used to sing two worship songs, just acapella, just singing along. Some people listen to worship songs. When you pray together, whether you pray together, whether you facilitate them to chat and catch and, and meet with God on their own, Connecting with God is an important part of that. And the last thing is giving them the next steps. Now, often what we do is we just button our bedtime routine, right? I love you. Mwah! See you later. And we're out the door. But the next step of bedtime for me is leaving them in the room with God. And so whether you say something as significant as, have a good time with God, you chat and catch and have dreams with God, I'll see you in the morning. Or whether you say, how can I help you and God continue to connect? Do you want to listen to some worship music? Do you want to read your Bible for 15 minutes? Do you want to just lay there and chat and catch? I'll come in in 15 minutes and uh, give you a kiss after you're done praying and connecting with God. To give them a next step so that they know that while you're leaving, their connection with God can and will continue. Giving them that opportunity to take their connection with God to the next step while they're in bed sets them up for a lifetime of getting in bed, settling in, and falling asleep with God. So that's it. It doesn't look like the ideal. It will shift and change with your family's dynamics and family's needs and your children's interest. Feel free to be flexible with it. But think about how they can build in that connection to you, their connection to God, and their next steps with God as you leave. So I'm joined by Robin Barfield today, and he is a co-host of Everyday Dadding. Um, and Everyday Dadding helps people think about how they can be kind of good Christian dads and encourage them in that. Um, and Robin, you're also a dad yourself. So it's great to have you join us today. Um, and we will be discussing kind of the bedtime routine and how kids can be connecting with God at bedtime. Um, so, yes, Robin, thank you so much for joining me today. Um, thank you, lovely to be here. To start with, I thought we'd just kind of discuss that we know there are lots of opportunities to connect our kids to God, and for some families, bedtime is a natural time to do that. Um, and for those families who can take bedtime opportunities, why do you think it's so special? Well, it's special to me as a dad um, because it's, at its best, it's unhurried time. So it's just... Um, that time when we can look back on the day, particularly, and 
uh, perhaps give thanks or um, chat about some of the issues that have come up through the day um, and maybe even thought, think about where the Lord has been with us through it. I think one of the great things is that we, when, when we do, when parents do bedtime, they, they rarely play stuck in the mud and give their kids a big bowl of Haribo because they know that that's, you know, they'll be bouncing off the ceiling and they're not going to want to go to bed. And therefore, there's a sense of slowing down about bedtime. Um, and as we slow down, the, there are gaps and kids love to fill those gaps. And it just allows those maybe maybe questions to pop up or um, something that's happened during the day, which they might not have said before, um, just to pop up. Um, I've got quite a varied spread of ages and not all of us, all, all of them join us on the uh, on the bed at, at, in the early evening and, and kind of read a story or chat about the day or whatever it might be. But it's just one of those times when we can just to listen and just to slow down a bit and, 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 and engage with our children and what, what, what matters to them and what's happened to them. I think it's very easy for it to be crowded out by um, getting busy, by clubs and um, all kinds of things that we love doing with them. Um, and so I do try and keep, you know, maybe two, three days, three evenings in the week, um, more if we can, just to slow down with them before bedtime, help them to ease into the sleep and the rest that, that God says they need. Absolutely. That's great. Thank you. Um, and obviously, we know that all bedtime routines are different. Uh, that There's no right way to do bedtime. Um, but what are some things that can maybe help our kids to connect with God at bedtime? Thank you. That's a, a really good question. I think th there are a number of things that I've tried. I've stumbled upon, I think, probably. Um, one of them is thinking carefully um, what we say regularly to our children at bedtime. Almost a, you know, a liturgy, if you like, um, if you want to call it that, without being all formal and you know, using long words, just having the same phrases so that they, certain truths are embedded in them. Um, so I, mine, mine is so simple, it almost seems silly saying them, but I just simply say to them, Daddy loves you very much, Mummy loves you very much, and Jesus loves you very much as well. And then a little prayer, the same every night, um, Dear Lord Jesus, please would x know that you're with them and would they love and trust you always and would they sleep well tonight um, and just saying that same prayer over their heads every evening for me those are the things that I really want of them I want them to love and trust Jesus I want them to know that Jesus is with them in their sleep I want them to know that they are dearly loved by us and by Jesus and um, so that as they ease into the night as they ease into into the world of slumber um, it's something that that they know and, and that they remember every day now different parents will choose different things that they want to they want to say they want to emphasize um, in terms of blessing their children before they go to bed but having just having the same thing every night has been really helpful for me um, and and I hope helpful for them that they that it sticks in their memory that that's something that their dad always wanted of them to love and trust Jesus Fantastic. Thank you. Um, and I guess that kind of leads in quite well to my next question, um, which is kind of how can we help our kids know that God is with them when they are in bed, when they might be feeling sort of lonely when you've left? Um, but how can we help them know that, that God is with them? 
That's a great question. Um, I, I think when we, we've had a, we had a child, one of our children who got very upset every time their brother wasn't in bed, when they were in bed in the same room um, and, and for whatever reason got very upset. Um, and I think just li sometimes listening and going in and, and talking, uh, reminding them that Jesus is with them, uh, praying with them through that. I have a, I have a good friend whose children struggled with um, sleep I think probably still do struggled with um, bad dreams at, at night um, and they simply learnt uh, to say Psalm 3 every night mm. um, and Psalm 3 verse 5 you know you're with me as I lie down to sleep um, and just putting Psalm 3 verse 5 as a banner over their bed as a kind of little verse memory verse for them I mean literally sticking it on their bed so that they knew as they went to bed that, that God was with them as they slept. Um, and so when they wake up troubled, um, that's the first thing they see. That's the first thing they remember. Uh, and they know that they're OK. Yeah, that's great. Thank you so much. And I mean, just thinking about kind of um, God's word and things as well at night. Is there any kind of particular thing that you'd recommend or sort of the importance of looking into God's word before you go to sleep or anything like that? Yeah, I am. Um, we always try and read um a bible story uh, you know it's not, not not particularly kind of novel and new but uh, just try and have a little bible story in the go every night um or maybe a book of christian christian heroes um that we want them to be inspired by uh, something every night that they would know and it would remind them that 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 they can uh, that this is a time for them to you know, think and rest and, and hopefully inspire what they're dreaming of and longing for as they go into that kind of time of sleep, that it's, it's more uh, affected by um, the, the great joys of, of the Christian gospel and people who've lived for Jesus, uh, rather than perhaps, you know, whatever they've been watching on telly or whatever's happened with their friends that day or whatever it might be, you know, something to dream about, something to long for, something to imagine. Yeah, definitely. That's great. Thank you so much, Robin. And we will pop the link to Everyday Downing and the podcast that you have below as well, if you want to check that out. Thank you. So, thank you so much. Nightmares, how to deal with nightmares. Uh, it's really interesting. I think sometimes what we try to do is uh, explain away nightmares or explain how it's ridiculous. Um, in my experience of working with families, that doesn't tend to be helpful because most nightmares are either terrifying or are stupid and terrifying. And while our brains go, I know there's no such thing as shark clowns, but they were real in my head. And what what is happening is that their body is experiencing fear. And so, um, and that's a very real feeling. Fear is a very real feeling, whether or not it's a silly reason or an important reason. Uh, and so really it's about, rather than about engaging with the content of the dreams, it's about helping them understand what's happening to their bodies and helping them find peace and take control of their minds again. So uh, sometimes it's about saying, you know, do you want to tell me about your dream? Because sometimes kids want to say it because then it gets out of their head. Other times they're like, no, I don't want to talk about it at all. But to enabling them to voice the dream and to say the dream and to be able to say, oh, I can understand why that would be scary. That does sound scary. Uh, 
now what do we do with that? And there's something about training kids um, about how we can take thoughts captive. Like the Bible says, we can take every thought captive. There's something about saying, okay, let's close our eyes and however your kid visually works, let's put a box around it or let's crumple it up and let's just throw it away because it doesn't get to live in your head. So let's sweep that away and let's ask God to, to brush, 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 brush all of those pictures out of the way um, because it doesn't get to stay there. And, uh, and then we can help them find peace. But in the middle of it, sometimes we need to explain to our kids what nightmares are, because um, often we don't do that. And so to explain the, the mechanics of sleep, when we go to sleep, one of the things our brain does is, is brilliantly the biology, is it clears away some of the plaque that's on our brain and clears away just the gunk of the day. And our brain also is trying to make memories. And so everything that we've done sort of goes up there and then has to download it into its sort of long-term storage. And so it's sort of building those connections and making those things. And as it's doing that, it's sort of pondering it and it's processing it and just deciding how to connect things to. And so when we have dreams, sometimes that's our brain processing how to download it. And sometimes it puts things together in a very weird way as it's processing. And we get these weird nightmares. And sometimes that's about how we felt today. Sometimes it's just our brain processing how we felt. And so there's no meaning to it. We don't need to worry about it. It's our brain doing something really funny. And so we can just be like, oh, brain, you're so silly. That's not something real. Or it tries to remember pictures that we had today and go, is this an important picture? But that means if we let something unwise into our brain, like seeing a poster that was unhelpful or watching a television program that scared us, our brain is trying to figure out, is this important? And so it sort of shows it to us again and oh, it pops in our brain and then that makes it scary. So brains are doing amazing stuff while we sleep, but unfortunately it goes wrong a bit times. And when you begin to talk about it as a sort of biological process, then it, it takes away the mystery of it. And then we can say, God made brains really awesome. And sometimes brains do that while they're trying to figure it out, but we don't have to let that happen. So we can box those thoughts up and throw it out of the way. And, uh, and we can fill our brains with something else that we want to think about. And so then we can use those tools that we talked about, about how do you want to refocus your brain? And we can read, we can act, turn on the music again and sing together. We can sit there and tell stories to God. We can bring up memories from our day and say, oh, I loved this memory and begin to help our brain process all of the joyful bits of our day. Uh, and then sometimes also just in putting kids to sleep again, there's something about asking God to go with you into your dreams that I think is really powerful because God is not limited by biology. He's not limited by our consciousness. I believe that God uh, is with us. And he, if, if scripture says he knows our hearts and he knows our minds, he knows the thoughts of our heart. And we can say, search me, O God, and know my heart. Then that means he doesn't need our consciousness to know us. And to say, God, I know that you're the only person who can be with me in my dreams. So God, tonight, I pray that you go with me into my dreams. Let's dream about this. And then you can begin to tell God stories or memories, and you can go to sleep together hand in hand with God. And so however you do it, that's uh, ways of, of help shaping nightmares together. Um. And a question to ask your kid to start an interesting conversation. What do you think Jesus was scared of when he was here on earth? What do you think Jesus was scared of? Have a great conversation. We're going to be back for one last episode before the summer next week. 
after that, you just got to catch up with the back catalogue. <laughs> Have a great week. Bye, guys. Thank you for downloading the Parenting for Faith podcast. A new episode will be released next week. And why not look at parentingforfaith.org to watch the free eight-session course, to get in touch, or to find out about training and events near you. Thank you.